Welcome to Success in Medicine. I'm Dr. Samir Desai. Are you considering attending medical school abroad? If so, I'm sure you've realized there's no shortage of options available. I've met students from the U.S. and Canada who went to medical school in India, China, and Poland. Of all the places, one area remains the most popular, and that's the Caribbean. If you're considering medical school in the Caribbean, choosing among the many schools located there can be very difficult. Nothing is more helpful than talking with students and graduates of these schools. And that's exactly what we've been doing here at the Success in Medicine podcast. In episode number 22, we spoke with a graduate of the Ross University School of Medicine. And in episode number 36, we talked with a graduate of the Windsor University School of Medicine. And in today's episode, we turn our focus to the St. Matthews University School of Medicine located on Grand Cayman. And to provide us with an in-depth look at St. Matthews, we welcome Sapna Desai to our show. Sapna, thank you so much for joining us today on the Success in Medicine podcast. How are you? I'm well, Dr. Desai. And again, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to interview me. It's a true pleasure. And I'm very excited to teach everybody about how Cayman Island is and what my experiences were at St. Matthews University School of Medicine. That sounds great, Sapna. So let's go ahead and get started. And how about we start by having you tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I'm originally from Michigan. I spent all of my childhood years and undergraduate years here. And Michigan is a very quaint, vibrant energy area that has a lot to offer. Also, growing up, I trained in Indian dance for well over 27 years, and it's been an integral personal passion of mine that has really kept me deeply connected to my Indian roots and heritage. But most importantly, it's instilled me with commitment, dedication, and self-discipline, the same three values I've really been able to bring to all of my endeavors from my undergraduate years at the University of Michigan when I went on medical mission trips to the Dominican Republic to work with the underserved in the pediatric patients to when I completed my master's in public health and had the opportunity to work with the local Latina maternal population and of course, in medical school, when I had the opportunity to work with young adolescents and local comedians that are bi-monthly healthcare fairs. Together, the combination of all of these experiences combined with my clinical rotations, they've really given me a tremendous depth of exposure to working with underserved populations. And it's not only made me realize how empowering and inspirational it is to work with such groups, but it's really built upon my insight of wanting to pursue primary care medicine and has just really left me committed to wanting to help treat the underserved, which is why I want to go into primary care medicine. Well, Sapna, thank you so much for sharing that background information and I uh, look forward to touching upon some of those things that you've said here through the rest of our episode. But first, let's talk a little bit about students who are considering medical school in the Caribbean because you know as well as I do that it can be hard for students to decide 
which school is best for them. And in fact, there are over 60 medical schools in the Caribbean. So how did you decide that St. Matthew's was the best choice for you? I agree that there are many, many Caribbean schools to select from. And so it can really become confusing. But at the end of the day, I really think you as an individual have to sit down and determine what things you're looking for at what school you're wanting to attend. For me, it's really important to be in a classroom setting that allows for a great amount of individualized and focused attention, where the curriculum would be very strict and tailored. And a lot of these schools, they have big, big class sizes, and you hear all these horror stories that people start off first semester, but then second semester, the class size almost goes down by a half. St. Matthews University, what really drew me to their program was that they had a small class size. Our starting class size began with a total of 45 students, and I thought that was a very adequate number of students to be in a classroom with that still wasn't too small, but of course wasn't too big. And our weaknesses and strengths, they kind of could be addressed from day one. I would have the opportunity to meet with my faculty as well as professors, and they would get to know me by my name. I would be more than just an individual to them. And that was really important to me. I went to an undergraduate university that was very large, and I know that there wasn't time for our professors individually to get to know us. But at Cayman, it was the complete opposite. My professors knew me. They knew about my background. They knew me more than just as their student. And I think all of that together is very important to excel in their program and just do well in medical school. Well, let's also talk a little bit about the island of Grand Cayman. Of course, that's where St. Matthew's is located. So what was it like to live on the island? So I actually went to Cayman Island with a very open mind. I didn't really know much about it apart from the fact that a lot of people go there to vacation, travel. Cayman Island is absolutely stunning, gorgeous. And what makes that island very different in comparison to a lot of the other Caribbean islands is that it is not a third world country. It is actually quite posh and it's actually known for a lot of people investing their money there. And my experiences overall were phenomenal. I did not feel homesick at all. They have all the same amenities that you would get here back in the States. It was very diverse and cultural as well. They have people from all around the world there. So in that respect, I was able to learn about a lot of different cultures. Weather was obviously great. There's no complaints there. Because the island is small, there's enough to do, but not too much to overwhelm you. So in that regards, it allowed you to still keep your focus while studying. If I wanted to come home during my vacations or even a quick weekend, it is basically a 45-minute flight from Cayman Islands to come back to Miami. So in all of those regards, it was great. And I think that was another reason what made that experience a bit exceptional for me. And it was very easy to adjust there. 
So I know that students who attend St. Matthew's come from all over the world. Of course, there are a lot of students from the U.S., from Canada, from U.K., and, and our listeners who are listening to us from all over the world, some of them may be wondering about adjusting to a new place like Grand Cayman. So when you think back to your experience and the experience of your fellow classmates, were there some students who had a harder time living there? And if so, why was that the case? I think for everybody, adjusting to any new environment, any new setting can be a challenge at first. It's just about how you're able to cope with those changes. Um, You know, there were people that came from the UK, from India, Canada, as you mentioned. And what really helped me adjust as well as a lot of my other colleagues adjust is just being very friendly with one another, making time to become friends with everybody, to get to know them and to do group activities so that nobody really felt homesick because we were all in the same shoes. So it was really important to stick together as a group and just kind of grow together with all of the new changes that we'd be encountering. And when our parents came to visit or if we had any visitors, it was really important to invite our friends to come at those outings so that they would kind of feel at home during those experiences and that they wouldn't feel as homesick either. Well, students attending medical school in the Caribbean, they typically spend their preclinical years or their basic science years on the island before they leave to go somewhere else for their clinical rotations. So I want to talk a bit about your preclinical years. I was wondering, can you tell us what those years were like? Sure. So we spent our, just as you said, our first two years on the island. And during our first year, we do, well, actually both first and second year, we do our basic sciences. So we do physiology, anatomy, biochemistry, all of the basic science courses. And Our schedule was really nice in the sense that every day, each semester, we would have all of those classes every day. I know a lot of programs, they do alternate days where they do anatomy only on Monday and Fridays. Whereas for us, whatever classes we had each semester, we had that Monday through Friday. So that really helps build a stronger foundation in those topics and allows you to revise on your knowledge as well as to expand upon your knowledge. When we had our exams, all of our exams would be on the same day. So every third Monday, we would have our block exams. And the way that our schedule was every three weeks, we have exams. So I really think that helped students keep track with their studying schedule, help keep things, everything organized. Also, something that was really nice that we had in our program during our fifth semester before we were about to leave the islands and take our step one board exam is that they offered a Kaplan course, which was mandatory. So every day from 3 p.m. until 5 p.m., we would be watching the live Kaplan recordings. So basically that also was encompassed in our schedule to make sure that in addition to our basic science courses that we are preparing for, we were also being able to study for our clinical board exam that was coming up. Sapna, I also want to ask you about students 
who struggle academically during their preclinical years, you know as well as I do that when students are in their preclinical years, it can be so challenging. And so I wanted to see were there experiences where students have had academic difficulty? And if so, what were some of the reasons for these struggles? I think many of us have experienced some academic challenges there. First of all, when you're in a new environment, that's a hard transition altogether. And then being able to study for multiple courses at a time can become overwhelming. And a lot of times you don't know what to expect on an exam because they're cumulative. So it covers various subjects, various topics, and you just have to continually be up to date on everything and just keep it fresh. While there were many students that had to repeat a course or that needed a little bit more help in a particular class, what was really nice is our professors, they would meet with us individually to work with us on those weaknesses. We could make time to meet with them. I personally had a harder time when I took my pathology class and my professor was kind enough to make time with me every week to meet with him during after office hours and he would quiz me on different topics and I found that really helpful but they also have different study groups that you can get involved in that too can really help tailor the weaknesses, and just studying together in general, I've learned is very helpful because you learn things from other people. You start to see things from different perspectives and they learn from you. So just being able to maximize those resources was something that I personally was also able to do there and that helped me as well as many of my other classmates. Well, that's great to hear that the faculty are so invested in their students' success. And I've been talking a bit about academics, but I also want to talk about things that you can do outside of the classroom. So I, I do know that St. Matthew students are involved in different activities. You, for example, did quite a bit of volunteer work with the Cayman Islands Diabetes Association. Can you tell us more about this experience, what you took away from it, and how it will influence you in your career? So volunteering with the Cayman Islands Diabetes Association really offered me an opportunity to greatly impact the community's health. You know, a lot of the patient population there was poor and underserved, and so a lot of their well-being and health was often neglected. And so during these bi-monthly healthcare fairs, I was able to work with the physicians and nurses, and I performed a number of clinical activities from taking their vitals to performing physical exams, measuring their fasting glucose levels. I really was able to educate the patients on the importance of different routine preventative health screenings and vaccinations. You know, the age-appropriate screenings that we all learn about for hyperlipidemia, cancer, breast cancer, osteoporosis. These patients, they really made an impression upon me, especially the local younger comedians. They just were so warm and genuine, and they just had this yield of exuberant energy and just a yearning to learn. So this experience in essence, really strengthened and helped build upon my interpersonal communication skills, as well as my clinical analytical skills and just my ability to connect with people. 
you know, in medicine, you're always going to be encountering various groups of people, various demographics. And I think all of these experiences are really essential so that you know how to interact with them in real life. And not only did this enhance my skills in teaching patients and my passion for empowering change, but all of this will really be imperative as my role as a physician in the future. Well, that's great that you were able to get involved in such a meaningful activity. I want to shift gears a bit and talk about something that is on the minds of a lot of students, and that is the USMLE. And one of the questions that we get asked a lot is, you know, how does a school help the student get ready for the USMLE exam? So let's talk about St. Matthew's and how, how, how does St. Matthew's support its students in this important area? So I will say St. Matthew's does a really strong job for preparing their students for the USMLE exam. That includes both the USMLE Step 1 exam, USMLE 2 CK exam, as well as the USMLE Step 2 clinical skills exam. As I mentioned earlier, before we leave the island, uh, we had the live Kaplan course, and that is allowing us to help prepare us for the USMLE Step 1 exam. However, before leaving the islands and before being able to actually take the Step 1 exam, our school had us do a school comp exam, which basically is a mock USMLE Step 1 exam. And they don't just want you to pass it. 70% is considered passing. However, our school had higher expectations and they want each of their students to at least score an 80% on their exam before they give us permission to actually take the USMLE Step 1 exam. And I think looking back on it, I think that was a very strong decision that they've made in their part. Their hopes is for all of their students to be successful when they're taking their exam. You hear a lot of these schools where they take the comp exam, but you just need a minimal score to pass before they're allowed to take the exam. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to perform just as well on the real exam. Same thing when we take our USMLE Step 2 exam after we complete our clinical core clerkships. Our school also requires us to do another mock USMLE Step 2 exam. And same thing, they have high expectations and want each of their students to score at least an 80% before they're able to take the real exam. During our clinical court clerkships, at the end of each of them, we have to complete shelf exams for that particular subject. And all of this together really is for them to make sure that not only are we performing well on each of those topics, but that we're actually ready to take the exam. You see a lot of students doing these exams and not actually then performing well on the actual board exams. And same thing when we had to prepare for our USMLE Step 2 clinical skill exam, it was mandatory for all of the students to take a two-day weekend course that prepared you for the exam as well as that gave a mock exam for the patient doctor skill set that you would still be doing on the actual exam. I know a lot of this sounds very tedious but 
again, as I mentioned before, looking back on it, I think that they did this in our favor so that they could see each of their students be successful when completing the actual exams and not having to see any students of theirs fail. So I think they did an excellent job overall. And every year they're implementing new changes or other ways that can further maximize a student's performance or anything that can further help improve their studying and allowing them to perform better on the exam. And after St. Matthew's students take their step one exam, they're, of course, ready to start their clinical training. And St. Matthew's has a number of clinical sites where students can do their rotations. So where did you do your clinical rotations and how did you make those decisions? So I wanted to keep my rotations diverse. I wanted to make sure that wherever I did my rotations, I had exposure to various different demographics, whether it was the indigenous, the affluent, the litter, as well as the refugees. Because again, you know, this is my time to learn, my time to experience things and to grow as an individual as well as to build upon my clinical skill sets. So many of my rotations were done in Orlando, Florida. I did some in Brooklyn, New York. I was able to do some in Virginia as well. And I wanted to make sure, one, that not only am I being exposed to different demographics, as well as being able to learn about other cultures, as well as other social barriers and social influences that may arise, because that is very common in medicine. But I also wanted to be at programs that were IMG friendly, because at the end of the day, when you're matching for residency, you want to make sure that you have done some rotations at programs that are IMG friendly so that they can look at you further, they can get to know you, and they can actually really consider you as a possible resident in their future program. So that, that is how I chose where I wanted to complete my rotations. Well, one concern that students have with respect to attending foreign medical schools is the school's track record with residency placement. So how do St. Matthew's students do in the residency match? This can be very concerning for a lot of people. You read a lot of statistics online about different programs, but then you really question yourself, are these accurate statements that you're reading or are they just putting it to kind of draw attention for more students to attend their program? So again, you know, St. Matthews University, before I had gone there, I had done all of this research because at the end of the day, it's very important to match in residency. That is the ultimate goal. As far as St. Matthews University, they have a pretty strong track record. Also, determining how long that that university has been active is a determining factor of how well their students do in residency. Newer programs, they might not have the strongest track record as far as their students matching, but those programs that have been there for several years, they build their affiliations with many different hospitals and institutions. They, those are the programs that are likely to have a stronger track record. And St. Matthews University, I want to say now, they have been around since the early 90s. So we're looking at almost 25, 30 years. So they have had over the years 
many, many, many of their students, if not almost all of their students match into different residency programs. And, you know, they've matched in all different specialties from primary care medicine to surgery to anesthesiology to a lot of the other advanced specialties, including radiology, OB gynecology. So it's pretty diverse. They've been doing really well. And that was one of the key determining factors of what made me want to attend their program. Before we conclude, I want to talk a bit about your MPH. I know that many of our listeners are thinking about pursuing the MPH degree. Can you tell us about how your MPH has shaped you and helped you make contributions in medicine? Absolutely. So medicine is just a very vast realm. When you're a physician, it's not just about simply treating the illness or the disease, but it's about looking at the bigger picture of different cultural barriers or social influences that may come into play. I think having completed a master's in public health really built upon that foundation for me that really allowed me to look at medicine from different perspectives. A lot of it are preventative screening measures or preventative things that you can do from earlier on that can affect your health. And when I completed my master's in public health, I at the end of our at the end of my journey, I had to actually do a research project and I had the opportunity of working with the local Latina maternal population. What I had actually done was examining the impact of maternal education on folic acid supplementation during pregnancy to prevent neural tube defects. I helped develop a plan for assessing the local needs and resources to gaining a deeper understanding of the community. I actually had created the Folic Acid Every Woman Everyday Health Initiative. Basically, it allowed me to connect with the local maternal population teach them the importance of taking folic acid during their pregnancy in efforts to help eliminate the risk of neural tube defects in their babies. I was able to teach them of why to take it, of when to take it, of how much to take it. And I had created this poster that kind of had all the important things listed on it. And, you know, I was really able to make that difference in the women and to this day that poster is still hanging in all of the clinic waiting rooms in Davie and Fort Lauderdale Florida so it's very humbling and inspirational to know that my message is still getting across to all of those women every day and that I was able to make that difference. Well congratulations to you Sapna on being involved in such an important project and it's great to see that the impact of what you've done is still being felt there in South Florida. You know, let me ask you just any final thoughts for our listeners considering St. Matthew's as a medical school? Overall, as I mentioned throughout this interview, my experiences at St. Matthew's University were great. I think at the end of the day, students have to pick a program that they fit will tailor their interests and that will work for them. For me, going to a program that allows for a smaller classroom size but still allows for great individualized focus attention is very important to excel and thrive and I don't think anybody going to St. Matthews University will be making a wrong decision. A lot of times the standards that they have are high 
but that works to a student's advantage, whether they realize it at that time or not. And just like any other program, St. Matthews University wants their students to succeed. They want them to be able to achieve all of their goals that they have in the future. And they do an excellent job in both their basic science courses as far as their academic teaching as well as the different opportunities they allow for students when they're completing their clinical rotations. All of my clinical rotations, all of the physicians that I've been able to work with, the experiences have been phenomenal. I've learned from each of my attendings that, you know, you're exposed to so much. You're doing a lot during your rotations. They're very active, they're very clinical engaged, and every day is another growing experience. None of the rotations were time-past experiences. They actually were very involved, they kept you busy, but they also made sure that you were learning, and they did a great job. So I, I can't say anything bad about it, and Cayman itself is an excellent place to live great weather. You have the beaches right there. So if you need a break, you can go by the water. Overall, the experience was excellent and I wouldn't change it. Thank you so much, Sapna, for enlightening us about all things St. Matthews. I am sure that this information you've provided us about St. Matthews will help our listeners who are considering the school make some important decisions about the future. I want to wish you the best of luck in the future. And for our listeners, if you're interested in more information about getting into medical school, succeeding in medical school, and matching into residency, visit us at thesuccessfulmatch.com. Until next time, I'm Dr. Samir Desai.